Welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Cecil. Oh, Olivia, <laughs> welcome back. Oh my God, where have we been? What have you been up to? What is welcome. Going- welcome back to you. Welcome back to us. Welcome back to everybody. It has been a minute. I think it's been um, a couple of months since we last um, found ourselves in queer longing waters, but we have waded our way back in after some um, time away. We have sat back, we have reflected, we have um taken some time we have stared at the sea because we've done something wrong and now we are back and um yeah it feels like no time and all of the time but it always feels like that when we um take a break from queer longing and um yeah um hopefully it will be like putting our feet into an old pair of slippers and it will just be normal but it did take me a second to figure out how to introduce the podcast because I had forgotten so um a little bit rusty a little bit rusty but we'll get back into it I'm sure we will yes yeah no I'm sure we will uh it'll be like you know coming home to an old friend like a like a soldier returning from war and running into the arms of their children daddy daddy my daddy here we are (laughs) doing the podcast uh why are you trying to make me cry on this the (laughs) inaugural start of our new season Lucy I'm not ready for that. Look, Thank I'm just, you. I'm an emoter. I'm an emoter. I'm, I'm one of the, the best emoters of our time, as Liam Payne has said recently. <laughs> no, no, sorry. He doesn't even say one of the best. He says the best emoter of our time, which is, just has to be one of my favorite things. That whole interview, if no one knows what we're talking about, which I'm sure they do, which was Liam Payne reacting to the Will Smith uh, slap at the, uh, was it a slap, a smack, a hit? I don't even know what it was. I don't know because people have described it as oh god we're really covering old ground you can tell we've been away but like people people described it as a slap but it looked a bit more like a sort of hit punch hit punch. slash punch I wouldn't say it was like a straight on you know when you think slap you think like EastEnders um the full slap yeah. and I don't think it was that it was more of just like a kind of a bash yeah a bash he had a right bash at it, definitely. Um, it, that's mm. not a very nice way to describe Chris Rock, but um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Liam Payne had the reaction video, which was an interview where he both sounded insane, had a, the weirdest accent that's ever been heard, and he also describes Will Smith as the best emoter in history. So, <laughs> anyway, I'm an emoter, so I'm going to try and make you cry because, you know, we're back. It's emotional time. Um, mm. you know, I, I've been mm. doing a lot of crying in the past two months, so... <laughs> Like, and, and not bad cry, crying, good crying. So it's all good. Okay, well that's yeah. that's that's good. That's good. What um, what do you think um, in in life? If you had to um, like cast your mind back, like what do you think like the silliest thing that you have ever cried over is? Like if you've ever just like cried over something where you've been like, this is dumb. Why am I crying over this? Like if you had to try and think of the time that that happened, is there a time? That's really difficult. I, I cry over stupid things all the time. Um, I do a lot of crying, like people be like, why are you, why are you crying? Because obviously you see crying and instant reaction is always like, oh no, something is wrong. But like for me, a lot of the time I'm crying because there's something isn't wrong. <laughs> and I'm just like re- relieved and releasing, I think. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what's been happening to me recently. So I do a lot of silly crying when like something's very nice. And then I'm like, oh God. <laughs> so my answer is all the time. Um, and, and there probably are some like very specific 
weird ones of that but I can't think of them right now or I'm too embarrassed to say who will know yeah fair enough fair enough anything that you would share but um Um, I've cried I've cried a lot of um made for tv channel 5 movies probably every single one if I'm being honest Mm. I also cry at like all of the Christmas movies I cry at those um I cry at like just really really bad like I'm so I'm so I'm so basic that the sort of very sort of deliberate crying conventions of Hollywood or of just a small studio um (laughs) they work on me they work on me so well like I'm so easily I'm I'm so easily manipulated Mm. into Mm. crying and then when I question it's like it's not even that sad it's just that you know this woman has found a boyfriend from the past at the Christmas fair um but I'm look Olivia there's 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 boyfriends there's rising strings what are you supposed to do like it's gonna happen (laughs) it's it truly is it truly is um an inevitability of me um especially um especially around Christmas and whenever there's like some kind of like rising crescendo of of music then again just all these little things that that they that they put in as as triggers I am 100% set up for that so I am a woman on the edge so I'm always I'm always having a cry over over something but yeah all of those things work super super well um for me but probably the last time that I had a really big cry was in our um podcast break when I went to Devon on holiday and part of that holiday was going to my friend's wedding and by god did I cry I cried and cried and cried the whole damn day I cried (laughs) but I think you know again you know we've we've covered this ground and you know like oh yeah hasn't it been weird like COVID for two years obviously but it it was the first it was the first um wedding that I'd been to post the terribles and so I already knew like in my head you know and like so you know and like um you know you can relate to this when we have had like a period of like fallowness and then we decide to go on a night out and we're like so ready for for that you know we're we're primed and I felt like that in but but it wasn't about that it was just about being primed to like really be emotional at a wedding like like I wanted it I was ready for it in my bones yeah yeah. Yeah, there's nothing like Um, ready, ready for it that's the best yeah and um so we're all there in Devon in um one of those what they call when they're like those like uh those like big like tubes those big like uh greenhouse tubes that you get that you like can go in that are like polytunnels that's it yeah it was in like it sounds weird to just to say that the wedding was in a polytunnel but it, <laughs> it was but it was it was really cool and nice um and so picture me in the polytunnel and as soon as I turn around to see my friend um enter the polytunnel and walk down the aisle I just lost my damn mind and lost it for the whole day and whenever anybody made a speech when anybody looked at me when anybody didn't look at me I was crying <laughs> and it felt really nice it felt really good um to just kind of um, give myself over to the experience of constant weeping and dancing to Sean Paul. Um, probably two of my favorite things. So it was a great time. Absolute duo that everybody needs every now and then. Um, definitely. That is very lovely. Um, 
yeah and see that was like I assume an instance mostly of like very nice happy crying you know just basking in all the love which is very nice um yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't stupid crying but it was happy crying so um big (laughs) congratulations again to Leia and Tom if you're listening to this Leia we loved your wedding and we love to see it um but interestingly um I um saw an article today which was on them and it was um I think like an audience contributor story and it's called what they don't tell you about having a queer wedding so it's kind of like um a personal essay I guess and you know I think I think weddings I mean again not to be incredibly obvious on Maine but weddings are so individual um I don't know if you knew this um (laughs) um but that is my kind of like caveat for this article because I don't I don't personally like agree with everything that they say but it's not it's not, it's not really about that because you know it's their experience of what they they think weddings are and you know they're the one who's getting married so you know it's up to them but um I wanted to they were basically talking about how you know a lot of the time queer weddings come with a lot of um baggage and a lot of absence and a lot of sort of like particular context that pertains to the queer experience and I think we all know what you know that that could be um and they talk about that in the article um but at the end I think it ends on like this sort of like positive um positive note and I wanted to read the last couple of sentences and they are What they really do not tell you is that it's not just about your partner. It's not just about the marriage certificate folks like us have only just recently gained access to. It's not about your father who has been so absent he didn't even make it as a subject of a paragraph in this piece. What they do not tell you about having a queer wedding is that if done correctly, it is about you. If done correctly, it's a day where you can celebrate how far you have come. And if done correctly, it's a day where you can scream, my love is worth the spectacle. What they do not tell you about having a queer wedding is that if done correctly, it is you who you are committing to from this day forward. So I thought that was very sweet. I'm going to have to just change that uh, that last bit about when I last cried at something silly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's so nice. That's very, very nicely put. Um, yeah, completely agree with that. That's lovely. Um, and yeah, a very nice way of thinking about it. I personally have, uh, I've never been to a queer wedding and I'm absolutely gagging to go to one. And, you know, some of our friends have uh, got engaged. So hopefully someday soon we will be going to a queer wedding. I don't know if you've ever been to a queer wedding, but um, I very much look forward to that. I've been to a queer reception, um, (laughs) which was at the Fab Cafe in Manchester. And the food was literally mountains of Domino's pizza and they had signature cocktails and all things about like you know space and movies and things like that so it was cute yeah Um, yeah but that that was ages ago that was maybe like god 2000 and 2014 or something a long time ago Um, so I'm due another another queer wedding for sure and yes hopefully within the next sort of year we shall have one um with our mutual friends so fingers crossed I don't know if you've seen that um that TikTok that's done the rounds of that queer wedding on a beach where everyone's doing that like big choreographed dance no you've not seen that I'll try and find it and send it to you because like that's the kind of energy I want to experience at my next um queer wedding that I go to so um if um, I'll try and find it and I'll like post it 
on our Instagram for when this comes out so that people like know what I'm talking about. But it's just like, it's like, it's like Glee for the new millennium um, oh. without all of the problems on a beach. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. Perfect. Perfect. So aside from um, going to Devon, your mate's wedding, what else have you been up to in this time? Um, what have you been up to? Okay. So let's do a rundown of the bits because I had to like go through my phone and think about everything that has, um, that has happened. So I think probably, um, we recorded just before we went out for my birthday. We so did. we went to the Pex, um, drag King, um, night in Manchester, which was amazing. And if you had the opportunity to go to a Pex, um, show, I mean, we personally didn't want it to end, did we? I, yeah, it was, it was like, I would say three acts too short, like, uh, we wanted it to be just that little bit longer because you know you know if you've listened to this before you know that I don't agree with things being too long but um it was it was too short it was amazing it was so good we were like losing our minds <laughs> yeah yeah and you know for something like that to leave you wanting more I think you know really really says really says something about the the quality um and the purview of the experience so yeah it was very very good um we went to see um a doll's house at the royal exchange we went to see self-esteem um which was amazing as per usual and then within the gig itself bought tickets to see self-esteem again um like true steamers that we are um what else has gone on um oh i went to an audience with stanley tucci who is um, one of the few um, straight cis men that I fancy. So um, <laughs> that was that was very nice. Like Stunning night for I you. just like really, I really just like want him to make me like vongolay and just like you know arch his eyebrow towards me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I think I'd quite like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's funny because like I I also admire the Tooch, but in a very much like a like I want him to be like my sort of like my my cousin or like my my sort of a good friend of mine um who like always again with the vongole i get that he's very very much yeah an aura of vongole um but i don't he does fancy, he I does don't fancy him um as in a in a sexual way but i fancy him as a as a friend <laughs> yeah like i feel like i could fancy him as a friend as well like you know it's just like having like a charismatic person around me um you know that would oh, be imagine. That's just always so, so nice sorry thing. you don't ever have that <laughs> something to aim for something to aim for um but yeah that was that was stunning um so I went to go and see um went to go and see that um what else have I done oh yeah I went to um an award ceremony tm um for some work that I did in my old job last week and that was very cool and um I so it was it was for some work that we did with our team and that are based in India and then they came over for the um for the award ceremony we did not win we lost to Netflix very sad but what are you gonna do um but we did do some like good after party dancing at the end and then there was someone um from the team from India who is um quite a bit younger than me I think um and um quite like cool and the music that she likes from the UK is like quite cool music um like the European music that she likes is quite cool so what we were listening to like in the um after party bit was all like 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 cheesy European music mainly like or like American music and like Motown and stuff and then 
Abba came on and we were like, yeah, like Abba. And she was like, no, like, I don't know who Abba are. And we were like, oh my God. So we had, we were like explaining Abba. And when you explain Abba. That's, yeah. It's, it's, very, it's a very <laughs> weird thing to explain. How does one go about <laughs> explaining Abba? <laughs> I know. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, yeah. It was a weird thing to explain, but um. She is too cool and young to know about ABBA. So um, that was like an out-of-body experience for me, but it was very nice um, on the whole. And then um, what else have I done? Um, I um, went to, oh yeah, another thing to, yeah, probably the last thing to recommend is if you are, um, if you are somebody who would fancy doing any kind of like spoken word or poetry or any kind of like performance and you want to like give it a go in a place that feels really sort of inclusive as um a queer person um feel good club in manchester are putting on these nights called like queer queer af open mic and um i think they're maybe every month or every couple of months and i went to the latest one on friday and i went to another music one that they did a couple of months before and it's a just a really really supportive atmosphere really chilled like if you don't want to drink then it's not exactly like a place where you would feel any type of pressure to do that but if you do want to there's provision for that as well and and like nice food and i don't know like if you are someone that is looking to step into that sort of world and do a little bit of um, performing, then I think that's like a really great venue. So I went to that on Friday and then I went to Sheffield and just went to the pub. And that has honestly been my last couple of months and I started my new job. Um, And so now, dear listener, you're up to date on me. What about you? Um, well, I mean, I've done some of those things with you. We saw self-esteem. I saw self-esteem in Leeds as well. So I did a double double tour date, which I've, I've, I don't think I've ever done before, actually, for anyone. Yeah, you, you double dropped. You double dropped. Absolutely double dropped. Um, yeah, so I also saw absolute teenage dream duo gig of Taking Back Sunday and Alkaline Trio, which was <laughs> as, as hilarious as you would imagine that to be especially because the lead singer of taking back sunday was like had this really hilarious like southern preacher vibe which i just didn't know was the vibe of the leading lead singer of taking back sunday and he spent the whole time being like ladies and gentlemen like literally uh, him shouting hallelujah would not have been like out of like everyone was just like screaming hallelujah hallelujah at him because it just felt like right <laughs> and he was like this is Johnny whatever on the guitar. And it was just like, what? Who is this man? Like, it was very odd. So um, yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, we went Yeah, we went out for your birthday, which was fun. We went out in Sheffield, which was nice. Um, yeah, just been, you know, getting about, doing bits. Um, been to a bunch of other gigs, been to cinema a bunch, which I'll talk about later. Um, been down to see my sister and my nephews, which was really nice. It's the first time I've seen them since Christmas and they're getting big. So that was really sweet um and yeah just uh been gadding about so um it's been a nice time I've I've taken on another day at my work so that's nice as well getting more involved with stuff there which is fun and nice and it's a lovely queer charity so we love to see it um and yeah it's been it's been it's been a good couple months um and yeah just uh feels like literally yesterday that we did a pod but also feels like two years ago so um just time is time is bizarre at the moment um but oh yes 
And speaking of, when I was at that award ceremony, I may have had one or two glasses of champagne at this point, what? but um, I forgot how old I was. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, and so I was like, right, this is this. I was like saying to myself, okay, Olivia, right, this is tomorrow's problem. Like, don't freak out about this now. It's it's tomorrow's problem. Okay, deal with this tomorrow. So you so I did, and I just what? But for like a what? whole evening, you didn't know how old you were. No, like I knew roughly, like, it's not like I completely like was like, am I five? Am I 20? Like, no, like I, I, I knew roughly what I was um, in every sense, roughly. Um, so I went home and I was like, tomorrow's problem, tomorrow's problem. Woke up and I was still like, as Bling182 famously said, what's my age again? And I had no idea. Um, so I get to work in the London office and I'm texting my friend going like, okay, you, you really need to tell me I can't work it out like my, my brain is fried like please what's my age again how old yeah. am I yeah yeah was it that you were um, like tossing up between 31 and 32 yeah but yeah I, I, I probably would have like put put my best bets on those two years definitely I would personally but I could have probably <laughs> Yeah, but I could have accepted. I could have accepted something else as well. I, I could. I could have been convinced of anything at this point. I was. I was feeling very vulnerable and impressionable. So I was like, "Look, what is my age, please?" And she was like, "The thing is about you is that you're 32." And I was like, "Well, the thing is, I disagree because I feel that I must be 31 because I'm going to be 32 this year." And she was like, "No, dear heart, you will be 33." And I was like, "Yikes!" Because do you remember when we started this podcast and we were 29? So. That was the fun of us. Um, and we and we as well just turned 29 because I, you were I maybe was, 28. I, I, I was 28. Yeah. And I just turned 29 because we started in the January and I would have turned 29 at Christmas. So anyway, she was like saying to me, like, you're 32, you're 32. And I was just like not having it because I was like, I don't personally identify with that age. So I went onto like this snide website with all of these like, all of these like, clocks everywhere um that were just adding to my sense of doom and despair and I had to like plug in my you know data to find out because I couldn't work it out because obviously math sucks and my head was just like not about that life and then it like revealed to me that I was you know 32 years and so many months old and it was very upsetting yeah you're in fact yeah I'm afraid yeah yeah um soon very soon to join you so don't worry about it it's a well thank god yeah misery loves company so um (laughs) get ready for that um and I don't know why I started that story but um I feel like you have to be a certain age to forget your age and that's the first time that it's like really properly happened to me where I like properly had to like find it out because I mentioned it to my mum and she was like oh like I don't know how old I am and I was like yeah but you're like 63 it's different yeah, but you, you, um you, you've earned the right to forget by now <laughs> yeah yeah I was, I, I was like I didn't think I was there yet yeah but no, clearly yeah. god clearly I clearly I was um so that has been keeping me humble um I have to say but um we have been wittering on and on and the thing on everybody's lips what people need to know the people is what we as in you and I Lucy and Olivia are indeed living and longing for so Lucy like let's just cut the crap cut the bullshit what are you living and longing for in this brand new series of this quit longing um well I mean I I assume your living is going to be you've been living for 32 years uh three months and however many days or whatever it is but um yeah yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, I actually had done a sort of combined living and longing, but I'm going to change my living for because you've just reminded me that over the past few months, um, I've had a couple of incidences um, where I have been absolutely living for the fact uh, of people's reactions when they've ID'd me. <laughs> so I've been ID'd like quite regularly recently, like buying booze. Um, like it happens most of the time and I often don't have my ID. Um, yeah, I know, I know. And I, the best, I didn't have my ID the other day when I, at my local like Little Morrison's and he ID'd me and I was like, oh, I don't have it. I was like, I left it in the car and I thought as I walked here, oh, I won't need it. Like, and he was like, hmm. And I was like, honestly, I was like, I'm not having you on. I'm nearly 32. Like, please just let me buy this beer. And this like, um, and he was like, hmm. And this uh, security guard was like, you, you cannot be nearly 32. And I was like, I am, I am, I know, I know. And he's like, you look, you look so young. And I was like, I know, thank you so much. And then anyway, so they, they gave it to me, but my favorite reaction that I've had was about a couple of weeks before that, was buying some booze. And um, <laughs> I wasn't even the one buying it, but they still ID'd me. And um, I gave them my ID. And I was sort of laughing because I always laugh as I get it out because I'm like, this is gonna be funny when they see how old I am. And I gave it to them. The woman like looked at it. She looked at me and she sort of looked at me, handed it back and sort of stepped back in unison and just looked me up and down and went, wow. We <laughs> 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 like, just lost our minds. I like, absolutely like crying with laughter. It was so funny. I was like, that is, that's the best reaction I've ever had to someone finding out that I'm 31. So uh, and I was living for it. And to be honest, I've been I've been dining off that story for the past few weeks. So um, that is what I am living for. I'm going to go for that. And then what oh, I'm gosh. longing for is yeah. I mean, do you like do you have any idea? I know that you have. Did, didn't you once like to try and get in somewhere like use some documentation or something like you had like like a like some sort of like like a mortgage agreement. yeah yeah no so this but this is like yeah this is like five years ago which is the last time I've ever been ID'd and it was the only reason I was ID'd was because we were in in London going to a club and you know London clubs just ID everybody it's not yeah. like it's just a thing which I didn't really realize um which is why I didn't bring my ID because I just don't bring it anywhere like I'm just no. like yeah it never I never get ID'd I but then now. Kate was like oh it's yeah you do you're you're Benjamin Buttoning like every day that's 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 you um yes so I they were like yeah like no ID no entry and I don't think it's got anything to do with them thinking then that I was young it's just like some kind of security measure I don't know yeah but um I was like and so you're like absolutely exposing me now because this just sounds like really it's embarrassing it is an embarrassing thing you don't have but to. I you have to I'm sorry <laughs> I'm going to have to, yeah, because I've been royally set up. But it's basically, basically, I had to, I was in the middle. So, yeah, it was four years ago because it was my four-year anniversary of buying my flat this week. Is it? Because, yeah, because that, that, um, that, like, little boomerang of us with the champagnes in my empty flat yeah. comes up. And that lets me know. So I must have maybe, like, completed on it, like, the week or so before. But, like, I always just use, I use that as, like when I got it because that's how I can remember Amazing. so yeah like April is the time so yeah it was around that time four years ago that I was at this club and so I had to like I had to like show him all of my emails with my solicitor that for like it. buying <laughs> the the flat 
And I was like, look, like, I'm not some kind of like weird child who would buy a, a flat on their own. Like, <laughs> clearly I must be 18 plus to be able to do that. And he was like, oh yeah, like, fair enough. And then he like did let me in once I, mean, I just like bored that. him to death with yeah. documents. <laughs> so you know, if if you're someone who like wants to get into a club, just bore the bouncer to death with with several PDFs, and you'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, absolutely love that. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> great story. Great story. Sorry to sorry to absolutely expose you there, but um, you know, sometimes these stories need to come out of the woodwork. Um, mm. but yeah, that, that's what I'm living for. Um, and what I'm longing for is the fact that so this weekend it's a nice. Easter bank holiday weekend which is always nice everybody loves to have a bit of extra time off um and it is my uh one of my best mates Hindus um they're getting married in May to my other best friends um and I'm just longing for the fact that I uh, feel very privileged that I am both going on both the hen and the stag so I feel like that's a very um uh privileged position to be in uh good friends with both the bride and groom um and yeah the hen is this weekend i'm very much looking forward to that I haven't done like been to like a hen for so long so that'll be really fun yeah. haven't been to a what's what's the plan what are you doing uh so we're going to york to do some cocktails life drawing and then we're having a meal and then coming back to leeds and then uh, doing karaoke more drinking games and stuff like that so you know should be good uh it'll be really fun have you have you thought long and hard about what karaoke song you're going to perform well I have some like go-tos um and I have actually since the last time I recorded went to K2 um and went in a private booth and did karaoke for the first time in so long and that was very hilarious and stunning um and sang sang Hoobastank <laughs> Sang some Carly Rae Jepsen, sang some Anastasia, you know, all the things you need in life. So um, that was a good time. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'll do with uh, for, for Reese. I need to have a think of like what would be good. My go-tos are like, like I love to do um, Erasure, obviously. A little respect is probably like my absolute go-to. Um, and I think that would be appreciated in that crowd. So we'll try and get that going, I think. But um, yeah, uh, looking forward to it. Should be fun. And that is what I am living and longing for. What are you living and longing for? Very strong livings and longings, Lucy. Um, my <laughs> livings and longings um, this time. So <laughs> my, I'm going to start with my longing for because it's quite simple. Okay. Um, so my longing for is um, at the weekend, I'm going to be seeing um, Juno Birch in her Attack of the Stunning tour. Um, which I got as a Christmas present or a birthday present. I can never remember which, but anyway, um, I am very excited for that because I think that that will be a nice time. And I love to like look upon their face close up because they're the most perfect person I've ever seen. So um, I'm hoping that I can do that again because yes. that 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 was great when it happened the first time. So hopefully, um, yeah, I get to re-experience that. And then my living for is actually this... this <laughs> It's this story that came out of um, the weekend that has just happened. So I went to Sheffield, as I mentioned, and um, a friend of ours, like our friend's husband, who is also our friend, um, was telling some um, funny stories and was holding court, let's say. And he was talking about how he was talking about like cringe stories um, from his friendship group of when they've tried to like, his mates have basically tried to crack onto girls and it's just failed, you know, from like being young and just like the, the whole, the whole sort of um, rich 
and embarrassing backstories that everybody has about like trying and failing to you know crack on with someone um and anyway he said the, the, the truly the best the best example of this and if anybody out there wants to use this please you know spread the word I think it's important um so one of his friends you know picture the scene you're in the octagon say in Sheffield um (laughs) or you know imagine imagine your equivalent student bar slash club experience and insert that into your mind while we go into this story so his friends sort of like see someone he likes you know at the bar sort of does a sort of jostly dance on his way up to them to really sort of set the mood and is like oh hi how you doing and the girl's like oh yeah you know I'm, I'm fine I'm, I'm all right thanks and then the guy goes um yeah um so can I can I can I get you a drink and this is her response and it's so simple yet so effective and there is no recourse for any kind of response do you know what she said <laughs> I'm done I cannot wait <laughs> what did she say Sorry, I'm full. <laughs> that is perfect. Because it's like, it's a definite no. It's kind of funny, it, but it's it kind of puts you, it makes you go, huh? Which kind of like gives her yes. enough time to walk off yes. or whatever. It's the perfect yeah. response. Amazing. Right. Everyone Isn't should take it? that. Everyone should take that. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Isn't it perfect? Sorry, Sorry I'm, I'm full. Sorry, I'm full. amazing love that Uh, yeah so it could be no other and that's what I'm living for this week and probably for the rest of my life so um (laughs) sorry I'm full use it don't lose it um and I think it will take you where you want to go or not so yeah sorry I'm full lovely so Olivia obviously it's been a bit of time since we last did a pod what are the major updates that you think everyone needs to know the things that uh in our queer community have been uh, riveting us in this in this time well i think um i mean first of all we have to mention that jojo siwa um has got a haircut so that is a pretty big deal pretty big deal um and it put me in the mind of so um a friend of ours um sent it to me and said that their daughter was completely um entranced by the hairstyle and said that that was the best hairstyle they'd ever seen on anybody in their life yeah (laughs) amazing and so my response was to then share with them my I guess equivalent which was when I had a full-on mullet for several years during um sort of college and university and they were very impressed with that so um it made me feel nice and you know these things come back around and I feel like Jojo's sort of like rocking a kind of short mullet kind of kind of yeah yeah no it's a it's a it's a great um a great move from Jojo we love to see that um I will just add that I did see today a thing about um, Jojo saying that they uh, weren't invited to the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards and didn't know why, which um, I think uh, is very upsetting because I think we all know maybe a bit why. So um, that is very, very disappointing. We don't like that, um, but we absolutely support you, Jojo, and your stunning new haircut. So, um, yeah, it is... uh, 
it's a good it's a good era for Jojo I feel hopefully yeah absolutely like Jojo Jojo doesn't need them she has surpassed all of that now so she is gonna rise like a phoenix onto bigger and better things for sure so um yeah we love we love Jojo and um we'll be we'll be following her every move and her every hairstyle I'm sure um but next over to um the Sporty Spikes news desk because um it was just announced today so I guess like it'll be out for a couple of days by the time this comes out but Steph Horton um has been um has handed in her captaincy um as the captain of um england lionesses um and it's going to be handed over to leah williamson i believe for this summer's european championship and i think we mentioned the european championship on the last episode that we were looking forward to that happening so um yeah it's gonna have a new captain new bits and you know everything to play for well, absolutely. Yeah, it's very exciting times for the Lionesses. Um, and yeah, very much looking forward to having a international tournament to sink our teeth into because you know that we love it. Well, the long tall Jills will be flowing. Yeah, and I've not seen football like in real life for ages. Have you, do you go and see Leeds very much? No, it's impossible to like get tickets to see most Premier League matches, uh, especially like Leeds. Uh, no, so I don't go see them live Uh much at all um i did go see them like in the carabao cup earlier this year which was really fun but it's really really impossible to get like premier league tickets so i would love to go more um but the easiest way to like see live football is like to go somewhere like uh to see man city because it's so massive that there's always empty seats obviously everyone calls it the empty had and that's for a reason um (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah i would love to go more but i cannot um but yeah, uh, yeah, it would be great to, it would be cool if we could catch some of that, the Euros actually in person. I had a look um, at tickets and they're very reasonably priced, but it's just a case of whether or not the timings work out for an England game. Obviously, those will be proper hot hot tickets, as it were. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. But if not, we'll obviously have all the matches to watch anyway, which will be fun. Yeah, we will have to record some kind of live segment live for um, the European Championships. That would be very us. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Here we are on the sidelines. Pie, pie, alive, pie alive. Ob from me. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Uh. Very much looking forward to that. It will be this to me the best summers are summers of that have a, a football tournament in. So, uh, very very excited for that. Stunning. And um, also there's a couple of things um, coming back to our screen. So Gentleman Jack um, came out for the hotly anticipated second season um, on Sunday. And um, yeah, it was a it was a good start. I think there's going to be some kind of a love triangle and we love to see, you know, a 19th century love triangle. So um, we'll see how that plays out. And also um, The Wild. I don't know if you watched that. It was that Amazon Prime um series that came out last year is very confusing because basically there are two series which are both queer which both involve teenagers plane crashes and deserted islands yeah so there's the wilds and yellow jackets yeah i love them both and i have absolutely no problem with how similar they are because that sort of like genre and experience i could just never get enough of that so like bring it to me bring it to me in buckets bring it to me in spades yeah um, because bucket and spade on the beach of the deserted yeah (laughs) Uh, i'll make a queer sandcastle out of this content thank you so much so um 
yeah, that, um, The Wilds, is coming back on the 6th of May, and that was left on a right cliffhanger. So I will be really excited to um, unpack that forensically by the time that it comes out. And you'll have to catch up so you can get on The Wilds bandwagon, I think. Yeah, I actually have been desperately searching for a series. Um, and like, I uh, had this thing recently, literally last night, I was like, it was quite early. I didn't want to like go to sleep yet because I knew that I like wouldn't sleep long enough kind of thing. But I was feeling I'm not very well, as you might be able to tell. We're obviously not going to talk about it because boring but um you might, you might be able to hear it in my voice um but I was like oh, I need something to watch and I just couldn't like everything that I kind of like went to watch like nothing would satisfy me like you know that kind of mood where you're just like n- nothing is hitting um but I've not seen Wilds or Yellow Jackets um so I would I really want to watch I really want to watch Yellow Jackets yeah the Wilds is good Yellow Jackets is probably better but yeah. the Wilds is still very good and still definitely like worth worth a watch okay. I would say um, I think you will you you'll once you get into it once you sort of crack it open you will just steam it yeah um, it'll be stunning <laughs> and yeah let's let's talk about it because then we'll be primed and ready for the 6th of May and we can follow the new season which I'm very excited about okay. and then um probably the biggest thing that happened in the couple of months that we were taking our break was that and just like that has been renewed for a new season <laughs> Did we did we think that this was going to happen? Did we feel confident that it was going to happen? Were you surprised? Were you disappointed? What what were your feelings? Well, so I vividly remember when we last spoke about just like that because obviously we very much spoke about it. You know, some might say too much, but um, if you think that that's too much, then you're in the wrong place. Um, but uh, we predicted that it wouldn't get renewed because it hadn't been renewed already, and like most, you know, series will get renewed like partway through their run so it seemed like odd that it hadn't been done yet um so we were kind of like well maybe it won't and we were like oh maybe that's fine or maybe it's not but to be honest when I heard that it was because obviously we were not exactly we we were let's say we were we were critical in some ways (laughs) and we weren't we weren't maybe like it's it what it's weird I wouldn't say we weren't fans but I wouldn't say we didn't we didn't like we had we had issues with it but we definitely enjoyed watching yeah no I I am a fan of it. Yeah, I am a fan of it. Yes, exactly. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it in a way that I'm a fan of 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 the forensic analysis. Which is why, by the way, if you want to have a way better forensic analysis than anything we could do, sorry to us, um, listen to Sentimental Garbage with Carolina Donahue and Dolly Alderton, who do an incredibly forensic um, analysis. And funnily enough, I was reviewing a book that I had just read, and there's a thing that Caroline O'Donohue. Um, always says on their podcast which is she describes things as being very a play and obviously you get you get what that is you know when something is very a play Mm. and um so I was I was describing like the way that um Cleopatra and Frankenstein was written as being very a play which is not criticism it's just like a very particular way of you know creating something and sort of like setting a scene that's very a play and um I meant I like tagged her in it and she replied um and I know and she replied and she said haha love to be cited in this and then um I replied back and said immediately and said oh my god hi I'm dead and then they just replied with a little wave And so I think now it's only a matter of time before we guest on Sentimental Garbage. Well, I think, I think, I think you're probably best friends now. So um, I'll step back and uh, Mm. you can probably step forward Mm. because I understand. I know, I know my place. 
<laughs> um, so it's yeah, like, An- um, another yeah, um, another um, sort of long auburn-haired person um, stepping into stepping into that stepping into that role. So well, um, yeah, um, what? <laughs> you're not auburn. I wish I was. <laughs> what are you? What would you say you are? I don't know. <laughs> That's a big question, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that you definitely have like red in your that hair. That is true. Every time I have like, every time my hair is dyed, it goes like the redder side of it, if that makes sense. Or like, and when the sun gets to my hair, it gets redder bits. Um, I, fine, I'll take it. I'd love, I'd love, I love yeah. that. Like, love I, that don't, I, I don't think that you have ginger hair. No, God, no. And I don't think that you, and I don't think that you have red hair, but you mm-hmm. have like, a sort of essence, I would say. essence <laughs> love their second album. Yes, yes, quite. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. anyway. Anyway, so what um, I was going to say, what I was going to say was that my main reaction when I found out that it had been renewed, because like, yeah, I literally was like beside myself, pleased, like so happy and excited because I have like, at the beginning I was like, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch all of this, etc. But once I let into it and all of our chats about it and everything like that, all the memes and everything around it, like I just absolutely loved, I had such a good time watching that show and talking about it. So I cannot wait to watch more and do the same thing again. That's so great because the, this is, this is the thing about, and just like that, because the world of it and the discourse of it and the lore of it and the sort of rich tapestry of the past, you know, few decades, it's, it's everything. It's so ripe for analysis and it's so ripe for kind of real time discourse totally. in a way that just doesn't exist anymore. Like unless it's unless it's football or unless it's like some kind of world event, maybe. But in, in terms of like, you know, entertainment, it's very rare because it used to be like, I don't know, the sort of bridge that we had between like before streaming services and people would talk about like Friends, Sex and City, Ali McBeal. Then the sort of water cooler talk was like Britain's Got Talent and the X Factor as like stuff that was live appointment to view telly. And I don't think we've like, I don't think that we've had that in the same way on a worldwide scale anyway, because obviously that was national since, you know, back then when it was Sex and the City and Friends and stuff like that. Um, So I absolutely love it and it's even better and it's even richer now that we have this whole sort of like world of the internet and memes and totally. podcasts and like all of these ways that you know it can be dissected and and discussed and obviously it has a bad rap and in a sense we have contributed to that but I need to go on the record to say that I love it because I do um yeah for better or like, worse for, for richer or poorer yeah exactly there are like there are so many things in my life um and especially you know recently I've watched a lot of like what people would term terrible awful bad films right and they're like they are not good they are horrendous there's so much wrong with them but did I love every second yeah of course I did like you know so it's like you can love things that are terrible and you can um talk about them etc and we have had such we had we had such such fun with that first season i'm very much looking forward to the second intrigued as to whether or not they will take on any of the criticism because obviously it has been quite it has been um obvious like it's been widely spread it's not just us who's saying these things so i am intrigued i'm i'm not convinced they will and i kind of don't want them to because that's what i loved about it so what i'm wondering is what i'm wondering is is that but also 
how much of this is like, how much have the writers been playing a long game? Because we don't know. We don't know. We have no idea how much they thought, you know, this is a flash in the pan. Let's just enjoy the moment. It's an insight. It's a dip in. It's a dip out. It's a comment on grief and relationships in your 50s and, you know, sexuality and, you know, writing some wrongs. That's what this is going to be about. And, and that's that's a lot for eight episodes or however much it was. And they, I think, had varying degrees of success with all of those things. But it's kind of like, did they have lesser degrees of success with some of those things because actually they're playing a long game. So an example of which would obviously be Miranda and Che Diaz. So Che Diaz comes in, you know, as this non-binary character who is a really terrible comedian with really like a very sort of cringe characterization and narcissistic tendencies slash they are just one whole 100% narcissist. And um, Miranda is like reduced to this like quivering mess and you know loses her sort of character the sort of character that she was known and loved for throughout the rest of the sex and city um series and was like behaving in ways that they would never normally behave in all in kind of like the name of love and kind of like finding themselves and I you know whilst I agree with that on principle, I wasn't sure that the way that it was executed was particularly true to that character or really kind of um, in, in the spirit of like giving that character the best crack at sort of authentically finding themselves in their sexuality through this relationship. So I'm kind of thinking like, did they set this up so that they could explore some of those themes? But actually to me, there were a lot of red flags in that relationship and how that relationship kind of evolved on both sides because Miranda had had conceivably lost her mind and Che Diaz was a nightmare as well. Um, so I'm just wondering if in the second season when they go out to LA and do all of that, will it be the sort of long game arc where we find out that, you know, yes, Miranda wants to discover this part of herself and that, you know, her sexuality is something that she's exploring, but actually it's bigger than Che and it's bigger than kind of putting all of her eggs into that that basket and following Che to the ends of the earth. And actually they realise that Che is a bit of a narcissist and whilst is a queer person and has like taught them those bits and has been like an introduction into that world, actually what Miranda needs to do is like be on her own, figure stuff out date a bunch of people and just sort of start again rather than yeah. just launch from one big thing to another big thing yeah. and will it will will that be the sort of lesson that actually like that's the harder thing to do in your 50s and let's see what that looks like like is it that that's what they should do <laughs> but I'm not sure they will but very very intrigued to see um what does happen uh because I think despite everything Shay Diaz has been like a popular character in a sense because it's like fun and entertaining so to have like that kind of character like that character but I mean yeah you can replace that with a bunch of different characters and scenarios and stuff but um yeah I I would be intrigued to see what they do with that um but yeah we we wait with a breath so baited we cannot wait I know like okay if, if you had if you had to make let's 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 crystallize this on the record if you had to make a prediction for season two about any of the characters or any of the storylines, however big or however small, just put it out there now, commit it to the public record. What would you say? 
by the end of the series, uh, Miranda and Che are engaged and Steve officiates the wedding. <laughs> That's my prediction for a just like that. What's yours? <laughs> that is not my prediction. And I would thank you to take this seriously. What? I take everything very seriously. I'm a very serious woman. Yes. Um, so my predictions would be, um, well, I would like to think that what I just said was a prediction, but I don't yeah. know if it will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that the relationship between Seema and Carrie is going to really, really deepen and we're going to get kind of that that real sort of intimacy with a new friend and a new character and that that's going to grow, but it's going to be like, it's going to be like a new exploration around that because they're not necessarily like living the same life that they did in their thirties. So like, what does that look like for women in their fifties? Um, I nice. think we're going to see that. Um, um, I think that with, um, obviously there's going to be more stuff around rock. And I think, I think probably like Charlotte's home life in general, and maybe we'll see her like go back into the art world because we had a glimpse of that when she was um, having that dinner with LTW and was talking very knowledgeably about all these different types of artists. And like, are we going to sort of see Charlotte step back into that realm is maybe something that I think. And then I think as um, the sort of cringy slash supposed comic relief, we will see um, Anthony get into some kind of um, some kind of bother with, because he he's newly single and yes. he is sleeping with all of the hot fellas with reckless abandon yeah. and um he's getting in a bit of trouble with hr yeah. we're gonna see that <laughs> yeah 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 totally i can see that very good predictions much better than mine i'm very sorry <laughs> but i'm ill i'm sorry oh i'm so ill um so <laughs> watch 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 none of my predictions happen and your one quite shit prediction <laughs> go off so <laughs> can't wait I'll be vindicated <laughs> yeah you will you will you will um yeah so I'm very very excited for and just like that can you tell I can and from the lyricism of Lucy's and just like that uh season two predictions to <laughs> the lyricism of some of your favorite music that you've been listening to recently it's time for the first ever track of the week of this new season of queer longing lucy what has been gracing your ears in the past couple of months what is your top recommendation to us the avid listeners right i have listened to so much new music past couple of months which is really fun and nice been to some gigs of like some people I didn't know which is fun um and it's been really a good a good music time I would say so I uh, what I was pleased about that mainly is that it means that my track of the weeks for the next season as it were of queer logging um is going to be easily stacked and not hard to choose um now does that mean that the song I'm choosing is um the most sort of beautiful and maybe nice uh, brilliant piece of music that I've discovered recently no it doesn't um what it what it does mean is that it's it's probably the funniest one um and the stupidest one but that is um that's that's where I stand and it is an absolute banger and um I heard this for the first time uh on Valentine's Day so only just like at the end of when we last did a pod um went to go see an absolutely stunning film <laughs> called Moonfall 
which is a new film by Roland Emmerich, who made Day After Tomorrow, uh, you know, 2012, all these terrible, like, um, you know, disaster films, which personally is one of my favorite kind of things to watch. In my opinion, Day After Tomorrow, one of the best films ever made. <laughs> um, and you cannot fault it. It's so fun. So went to see Moonfall on Valentine's Day, because of course, what else would you do? Um, and um, just laughed the whole way through it was ridiculous you're not supposed to be laughing but we were um and it was ridiculous uh it included a character who was played by the guy what's his name john bradley who plays um like sam in game of thrones people will know him as that um and he's like a really like proper dweeby like moon moon nerd um and uh basically the premise is that the moon is falling in gonna fall into the earth and they need to stop it and it starts doing all weird shit with like you know gravity and stuff and like there's all this disaster and they have to stop it and the moon nerd helps but the moon nerd uh is also obsessed with um elon musk because of course he is um and he there's a line in the film where he goes oh think think what would elon do (laughs) 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 that's all you need to know about the film I cannot recommend it highly enough. It was the best two hours of my life, probably. Um, And it was very, very fun. But one of the absolute best things about this film, which um, already stunning, is that right at the end, its credit sequence featured a a song made for the film um, by Luca Closer called One More Time. And it's an absolute bop. It's like a big pop bop. And I don't know why it's the song that's been like made for this film, but it's so good. It's like proper like Euro pop. Like you could hear it in Dempsey's, it wouldn't be out of place. It's so good. It gets in my head all the time. And I've, I have loved it from that day forward. So I am bringing that as my back back into the flow track of the week. And I feel like it's very much one that the queer longing lovers will love. So um, yes, please listen to One More Time by Luca Closer. And also watch, do yourself a favor and watch Moonfall. You will not regret it. Uh, it's very, very fun. <laughs> what is your track of the week? Great recommendation. And we love to see um, a Europop track um, sliding its way into our uh, Spotify playlist. So you can, I'm sure, go and enjoy that there um, imminently. Um, my track of the week this week. So um, when I went to the open mic night at Feel Good Club on Friday, um, I picked up an, an an in real life magazine, which I sometimes do if I go to some cafes that have them, basically. But um, I don't do it enough because when I do it I really enjoy the experience of it takes me back to my um formative years of like reading NME and stuff oh, like that I guess. what a time what um, a time yeah and being like being like main character indie girl energy of reading yeah. NME but yeah um I picked up I'm showing it to you here um nice. crack crack magazine and if you can see Lucy do you recognize the cover that's so funny because uh, depending on which song you choose that was going to be my track of the week one a new one of theirs was gonna be my track of the week so good thing it wasn't um but yes i can see the uh the gate yeah. gatekeep got what is it uh gatekeep gaslight girl pool or whatever gatekeep gaslight girl pool which is the best idea for merch that i've yeah. ever heard in my life um nothing will ever be better than that well i will um i will give you this magazine when i next see you so you can read nice. it too um and um it yeah it's a really good article it talks about their um new 
album, which is called Forgiveness. And that's going to be out on April 29th. And it talks about, you know, their friendship and they've been friends for years and how they sort of started out as unsure teenagers and what the sort of metamorphosis of their career and artistry has been and how they've both um how they both changed and how they've sort of weathered various sort of like emotional um storms and what their friendship means and what their friendship means in terms of like their artistry and they they live basically like down a little path from each other um and they're like super close and it sort of explores themes of you know um platonic love and friendships and all those all that like really nice stuff um which was really nice to read about and um yeah I really like the couple of songs that are out there already from the new album um the one that I've picked I probably could have picked any of them but the one that I've picked is nothing gives me pleasure um and I really love that song. Um, it has this sort of repeated refrain. Um, Nothing gives me pleasure like the things I know you won't say. Um, and just very, very good. Very good. And this sort of like industrial kind of um, like sound effects and stuff. And it's it's just, it's, it's great from them. It's great from them. And um, yeah, the last um, article um, is a bit that Avery says and it says back at the house as if on cue night begins to creep in through the cracks of the front door and the pair mindlessly deliberate what to have for dinner it's a strikingly intimate moment to witness as they amble around the room in unknowing synchronicity before I leave Tucker says one last thing I think we all seek to feel moved in life and feel connected it's scary to go out on the line to show yourself but that's what being here is all about and one of our um, goals and um, resolutions for this year was to show ourselves. So <laughs> I thought it was pertinent that I included that today, Lucy. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, we did set out the uh, the beginning of the year that we would both show and expose ourselves uh, more this year. I feel like we've done a lot mm. of that on this episode already. You know, I exposed you about the ID thing. I exposed mm. myself and showed myself about crying all the time um and now we've come full circle and we're telling everybody else that the importance of this year is to both show and expose yourself so um yeah and girl pull get it um and yeah the stuff they're putting out now is banging um that that other song that other single uh dragging my life into a dream is that i love that so good um so yeah can't wait to see uh, hear the whole album and see what else they do in the future because they are very fun and we saw them so long ago do you remember and they were like having we went for food first and they were just like sat on the table next to us and we were like oh my god we're like <laughs> they're just having noodles like yeah <laughs> I, I was thinking about that because did we go and see them at like death institute like it years was, ago it was when... death institute yeah yeah um we must see them for this album if they come to the Definitely. coach i'm sure they will um so yeah that is my track of the week and you know we were worried about what to talk about we still probably got loads of things we could say but you know we've got to make tea and we've got to think about you know the next episode because we are committed to actually maybe coming back so you know we don't want to put all of our eggs into this basket um we need to we need to you know eke it out but um what I think we need to do and what the people are expecting is that you know we've talked about things that we really enjoy things that we really love we've talked about showing ourselves and exposing ourselves um but let's 
let's let's end on a negative and talk about you know the things that we that we that we don't love the things that we maybe don't show or that we don't we don't want to show or wish we didn't show um it's things that we that we really don't like and we all know that it's time for i don't agree with it right so olivia um i mean i'm just going to i'm just going to dive in on this one because i've actually um for the first time in such a long time i've got a few which obviously i'm not going to do them all today but i feel like you know <laughs> hating everything the past couple of months (laughs) i haven't but i've just been very sensible at when i say oh i don't agree with it actually like writing it down which i definitely had got out of the habit of doing and it was very annoying and for some time it could be very hard to grasp one but um a few things have come up that have made me think of them so i'm gonna go for one that for me is like an age-old um thing that i'd like every time i see one which is quite often which you'll find out soon um because it makes sense uh I, I am always like, why, why does that exist? Why, why do we, why do we do that? Um, and, you know, several things that humans do that we've decided to do that I'm like, why, why was that the decision? Um, and this <laughs> might seem really stupid, but I don't agree with <laughs> toilet roll holders. <laughs> so in my opinion, what's the point of having like a toilet roll on a thing that like means it like spins down, like just have it on like a little shelf why aren't they all just little shelves and it just has the toilet roll on it because it's so much more convenient to pick up a toilet roll and take what you need rather than like the spinny thing sometimes you get too much too little etc i just don't agree with it like i don't use mine anymore i use mine as a shelf for putting the toilet roll on top of and i basically yes don't agree with toilet roll holders i just don't get it every time i see one i'm like oh and it's annoying and you got to like take it off put the thing on why are we doing that to ourselves when we could just do it on the top and it could be a bit it could be even like the hole wouldn't have to be as big it could be like you could have more toilet roll i just think it's very a very weird thing that somebody decided to do and then we've all just gone along with it which happens quite often and is often not the right idea so that is what i don't agree with toilet roll holders that's what I'm doing this week I can I can I can understand that in a domestic setting definitely because you know you would like to think that there would be an implied level of propriety about how someone conducts themselves in a bathroom and that they are someone with the with the the dexterity the know-how the um the respect to take the toilet roll off of some kind of ledge a clean ledge take what they need and put it back where they found it in a non-domestic sense then you have the problems because you know imagine imagine a club it's covered in wet gunk and you know the toilets and um you just are giving that power over to everyone in that club to say you know here is this loose toilet roll this 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 gold leaf and, you know, you must be uh, charged with taking what you need and putting it back in a clean, dry spot. It's not going to happen. But no. in a domestic setting, absolutely. Yeah, I would caveat that that is what I meant. I didn't mean it in a public setting. In a public setting, yeah, it should be behind fucking closed doors. You should have to, like, answer a riddle before you can get some. But, um, yeah. It's, absolutely. Uh, or, like, be, be, one, be one of those where, like, you annoyingly have to just get, like, one sheet. One at a time. Sheet and one sheet. Yeah, yeah. In one of those thingies, one of those dispensers. Oh my god! So when I went to the um, when I went to the award ceremony, um, the toilets were all 
heated. What? Yeah. The, to- the toilets were all heated, like the seats. Yeah. Like, like you know, when you get like a car yeah, yeah. or whatever. It was like that, but a toilet. And then they had like this like menu of items on the like left-hand side. And then you could get like these like different temperatures of water that would just like do different things. And also like, um, like, air, like warm air as well. That's like a, like an Asian toilet. It's very like Japanese-y style, isn't it? That's what they have. Um, that's very deluxe. Honestly. Very deluxe It was very deluxe. And can you imagine probably... 70 to 100 very drunk mid to mid 20s to mid 30s women all just screaming to each other about the heated seats and the shooty water um after about you know 12 glasses of champagne amazing um it truly was um it truly was an experience um and I just wanted to put that out there, seeing as we're talking about toilets. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. I'm very pleased that you've had that experience. Um, what okay. is it that you don't agree with this week? So mine is probably like um, a long standard. It's one that I made a note of ages ago and I haven't made any notes since, but it still stands just as much as it did on the day that I thought about it. And um, it is when, and I call me presumptuous but I think that you'll be on the same page with this and it is that I don't agree with when books have a book cover that is the film of the book such a good one I hate that I hate that I also hate I it. hate it yeah I hate it it's so it ruins a book it ruins a book it's so it annoying. ruins a book I also hate when a book has a perfectly nice cover but has a big sticker on it that says now a major motion picture Fuck off. Yeah, I can yeah, figure that out myself. Yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, that's that. bad. But what's but what's even worse is when it's like, you know, a a, a, a still from yes. the the blockbuster yes. or yes. whatever. And then that is the other way. Because it just ruins the whole aesthetic. It ruins the whole the whole experience for me. Whether I've seen the film, whether I liked the film, it, it actually doesn't matter. I just don't want that anywhere near my book. Yeah. And exactly. um I don't know if you remember, but like a couple of months ago, do you remember when like um, The Lost Daughter came out on Netflix with Olivia yeah. Coleman? And I have no issue with Olivia Coleman. I'm sure she's a lovely woman and she's a great actor. But I don't I don't want to see that on the cover of all of The Lost Daughters when The Lost Daughter had a really cool cover before the film came out. It had a really cool cover. We hate to see it. We hate to see it. I absolutely yeah. agree. That's so annoying. Yeah, hate that. And it's oh, it's so annoying. And it is it's absolutely no diss to like the films because I have no issue no. with like adapt ad- film adaptations per se. But like, it's this like well, I was going to say it's a misguided notion. It probably isn't, unfortunately, because they're obviously doing it to sort of like get on the coattails of like what has been the success of the film or what will be the success of the film you know so probably from a financial point of view it is a prudent decision but um for me personally I hate it yeah I hate it I totally agree and what I would say is that once again what we're coming back around to is the fact that what we don't agree with is capitalism so here we are (laughs) can I just say here we are Maybe that's 
how we end maybe that's how we end every podcast now like it always just comes back back to that in the end it usually does um you know but but you know we're, we're we're a hamster on a wheel and um sometimes we like to have a little snack um and you know we can't be blamed um no, so, absolutely yeah. not but absolutely very good not. but very it could good. never very it good could never be me it could never be me buying a book with a film cover. And no. if you are thinking of doing that for me, it's going in the bin. I'm not doing it. I'm not having it. Um, I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, well, really glad to have this sort of spirit of, you know, unity and joint hatred to round out the first episode back after what has been a little break and I guess um you know a few bits about going forward so not to be like too cryptic on main and we've you know sort of spoken about how we like um explain the admin of the podcast we want to do that um in as little in as few words as possible because it's probably interesting to no one but us but in a nutshell what we will say is that you know the podcast is back for a new series but what you can expect from us is um some really good stuff actually because we've got some good stuff in the bag we have got some guests coming up we are going to be exploring um a lot of queer books and literature and we're going to be speaking to some really interesting people and they are in the bag like it's a thing that's happening we've so secured get the excited for that we've secured the bag get excited for it embrace it fear it you know do do whatever you need to do but either way it's happening we're going to take you along this journey with us and um yeah we're really we're really excited to see where where it goes we've got a lot of fun bits planned for over the next few weeks and months so we hope that you will um stick with it for all the jolly japes that you usually enjoy but plus a few extra things because what is life without a little bit of a shake-up Absolutely. You know, you got to keep it fresh, got to keep it exciting, you know, got to keep the keep the magic flowing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm very pleased, very excited for the future of Queer Longing. I think it's going to go from strength to strength, um, which you may not have expected, but that is what's going to happen. <laughs> Look, yeah, I mean, you I'm, may be thinking, you may be thinking, may be thinking that's, that's patently not true, Lucy <laughs> and Olivia, but we're here to tell you that you're going to be proved wrong and Absolutely. we're going to start proving you wrong probably in the next few weeks so um be excited for that um if you want to get in touch with us you can um in all of the usual ways we are at queer longing um on instagram and on um twitter and you can also email us queerlonging at gmail.com um we have had um some people reaching out to us for um book recommendations and putting things forward for us to have a look at so if you're one of those people then just do get in touch with us um probably on our gmail is the best place to find us but um you can just find us in any way we love to have a chat and you know just tell us what you've been living and longing for um tell us if there's any like interesting bits that have happened to you um whilst we've been away we want to know about that and you know if you are if, if, if you've moved we love to we love to know if you've moved because people do get in touch with us to say that they've moved they've been listening to us while they've been moving or they've been listening to us while they've been sick I've got to say I also had COVID and you had COVID in the was, break so that I was, was like another we both had COVID as well but I forgot like forgot to say it but yeah like yeah. boring no one wants to know but it was yeah. for you very horrendous for me quite easy so um yeah I I, I, I forgot that. now but my my body has remembered oh, um but yes score, Olivia. Uh, <laughs> 
quite. Um, so whilst we live and long for all the, these exciting adventures that are about to befall um, us and the queer longing community, we will be loving you, leaving you and longing for you in the very near future because we are coming back <laughs> until that time. Bye! Bye. <laughs>